Hey, Chewandas listeners. Uh, just wanted to let you know that we have changed the location for the podcast. If you're hearing this, probably your podcast player is picking it up just fine and everything went smoothly. But just in case it's been a few weeks and you're thinking, wait, I haven't heard from them. We're still going strong. It's just that perhaps we'll need to redirect your podcast app. You can always find it on my website, odysseymgmt.com. That's O-D-Y-S-S-E-Y-M-G-M-T.com. And if you go to the podcast menu item, you'll be able to find that along with my other podcasts, Nobody Told Me That. It'll be hosted now on my Odyssey management site. And hopefully this wasn't an interruption for you. And you're thinking, what are they talking about? Because it's still being picked up by my podcast. That's great. And that means that I must have done something right. But just in case, just remember that you can check the link in the show notes if you, for some reason, are missing us. And we hope that you do at some point, right? On to the show. Hi, I'm Teresa Duncan. And I'm Kevin Henry. Welcome to Chew On This. We are excited to bring you our views of current topics in the dental industry and put a little different spin on them, giving you something to chew on. If you need to jump off, be sure to check the show notes for links as well as how to get in touch with us. And now let's give you something to chew on. And we are back with another edition of Chew On This K-Dog. What's up? It is all good, Teresa Duncan, here in the Rocky Mountains. I hope you're doing well. I am. Allergy time. That's why I kind of sound like a man. So I was hoping that you were going all Barry White today on the podcast, (laughs) you know. Will that work for some people? That might work. You never know. Well, you know, we're always looking to pull in a new audience, so you can't ever tell. (laughs) You don't need sexual healing. You need some dentistry talk. That's what you need. That's right. You know, maybe you need maybe you need some dental healing. Maybe that's what is required. That's right. Know? Although there are some bad apples out there, Kevin, that are trying you know, to provide dental healing, and you came across one of these bad apples. You know, I did. And and if if I'm going into a La Quinta to have dental work done, uh, that might be a red flag for some people. I don't know. I, what about you? I've never seen a La Quinta La Quinta ad. <laughs> That featured a pair of forceps. So I'm really not sure why people would go to a Laquita La for dentistry. What What's the big deal, Kevin? I can tell you love Laquita already because <laughs> I seem very excited. At our next demo meeting, we'll have to say Laquita. La uh, that way you can enjoy the full, the full experience. You know, we always used to joke growing up that Laquita meant next to Denny's. So, but, <laughs> but for here, it means dentistry. So let's go to uh, beautiful. Uh, let's go to beautiful Connecticut, where a man was caught in La Quinta performing dental procedures without a license. Now, see? Uh, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, we are no experts here on this podcast, but that is a problem. Uh, in, in the news report, which, of course, we will give you the link to that, uh, the officers went into the room there, the spacious room, I should say, inside La Quinta, <laughs> and they found dental drills, suction machines, a portable x-ray, and bottles of amoxicillin and other medications. And so, you know, Teresa, if you're going to be that guy who's, who's got caught here and you're going to say, oh, I wasn't doing anything. Well, here's the problem. As the police are there checking all this out, a man comes out of the bathroom in the Laquita Uh-oh. with gauze in his mouth saying, hey, I just had a procedure done here. 
So that's a problem. <laughs> that would be a problem. But I have you know? to say, I'm I'm impressed that this guy had medication because I mean, think about it. You could set up something. I mean, barbers used to do it all the time back in the day. Sure. Barbers were taking out teeth, but you could set something up, maybe drill out something, maybe take out a tooth, but you're going to go that extra mile and prescribe antibiotics. Like that, that to me is impressive. That shows a level of caring. I'm Completely just agree. saying. And, and, <laughs> and, you know, and, and apparently there were plenty of medications, shall we say, to choose from because this gentleman uh, at the time of this recording was being held on a 350 thousand dollar bond wow because he was caught with the illegal sale of prescription drugs <laughs> so so certainly doing dentistry without a license yes that's bad but uh the selling of illegal prescription drugs well that's probably a little worse in the minds of the uh, connecticut police well what is what is worse the the sale of the drugs or i believe if you do dentistry without a license that of course is its own thing but i think in some states it's considered to be um physical assault that's true. So that's a really good. I point. wonder if there were assault charges filed in that. You know, I need I need to beef up on my Connecticut law before we get into this, but but it does say in the article that he was charged with two different things, including really? practicing dentistry without a license. So you are exactly right. I wonder if he had a bunch of people coming in, or if it was like a one-off thing where like somebody was like, "Dude, can you help me out?" And, and that's the one time the guy's coming out of the bathroom. <laughs> you know, it's that one time. That's how it never fails. I'm telling you. Haven't you ever uh, done a favor for a friend, and then <laughs> and then all of a sudden it just backfires on you because your friend is stupid and does something stupid, like say to the cops, "Hey, I just had my teeth taken out, room 408." <laughs> You're like, dude. I was trying to do you a solid, and look what you've done. You know, I'm just trying to think if somebody came up to me and said, "You know, I know you work in the dental industry. I know you're not a dentist, but hey, I've got a little problem down here with this. Uh, could you could you look at that?" I'd be like, "No, absolutely not." I know, but haven't you had tooth pain? Oh, sure, of course. That stuff makes but... you think weird. Like you are desperate. <laughs> like honestly, like if if Sylvester Stallone was showing up in front of me for some reason, I would be like Rocky. I need this out. <laughs> it hurts a lot. This toothpaste will make if, you do crazy things. <laughs> but if Rocky said, hey, come to La Quinta, I'll take care of you. You know, that, that, that's a sentence that should never be said. It's a I'm little sus. I'm, I'm, I agree with you on that. It's a little <laughs> sus, as my 22-year-old hip son would say. I noticed you dropping the cool lingo there. That was impressive. It sneaks in, right? Like, the more you know. Oh, yeah. Like, so dentists and, and assistants who are listening, and, of course, office managers are probably all over this because they're dealing with these youngsters as they come in. You should know the terms. But here's what I want you to know. Never reply with a thumbs up. Do you remember that? Oh. That whole talk oh. didn't we I think we talked about maybe me and you. I can't remember, but apparently you're not supposed to reply with a thumbs up to anybody's text because that's considered to be lazy. Do you know that? Oh really? Yeah. I did not know that. Oh boy. Well, I'm a lazy texter then. Well, apparently. you have so to ask Julia, uh, the lovely Julia, yeah. if this bothers her yes. because I read it and I thought this is the dumbest thing they can get upset about. So then I go to my son and I said, is it true that if I do a thumbs up and reply to you, that's annoying? He goes, yeah. He's like, why can't you like reply something? What if you reply with a heart or a wink or something no, like that? No, it's, it's lazy. It is? It's lazy. Oh, just want Okay, and so it's I, the one emotion. I can't win, Kevin, because if I communicate too much, I'm bothering him. If I just emoji, 
I'm annoying. So, I mean, I, you can't win. Here's why I agree to those terms, you know, and start a text thread. You don't need that either. So, yeah, that's <laughs> agree a tough to one. these terms. That's great. <laughs> Things have changed, have they not, Kevin? Things have changed. <laughs> you know, they have. That, but uh, see, you are always bringing me up on knowledge, and I always appreciate. Well, that. I'm going to take you back through time. So, I, you know, I got tired oh. of going across the pond. I got tired of going across the country. We're going to go back in time my story because I happened to read that the uh, Temple University School of Dentistry is celebrating 160 years of educating students in service. And when I saw this article in the ADA, I looked at it and they had this picture of all these olden time dentists, of course, not wearing gloves, no fast face masks, no nothing, just poking people sitting there in suits and, you know, just, just kind of sitting there getting poked. And I thought this is pretty cool. So I wanted to go back through history and take a look at some other pictures and give you kind of a history of what's going on with dentistry. Because sometimes I think we forget how rich our industry is. So uh, is this something that you're interested in, my friend? You know what? I will get in the DeLorean with you and let's go back in time. Absolutely. <laughs> We're going back to 2600 BC to oh, a- ancient Egypt. That's right. <laughs> I I filled up the tank, Kevin. We're going all the way back. <laughs> Hesse Ra is apparently the first recorded dentist. And uh, they worked in ancient Egypt around 2600 BC. And for those of you that don't like reverse math, that's about over 4,000 years. Uh, He was a high-ranking official under a pharaoh, uh, but he was uh, the first to bear the title chief of dentists. And they have all sorts of honors for him. And his his tomb was full of beautiful cedar woods that... Uh, depicted his life history and very well-preserved ornaments and paintings. And uh, he actually was known for making bodies, tombs, the mummies, I guess, the mummies, uh, look really good before they went to their eternal place. He would, you know, make sure that they had the jewels and the the gems put in there. And uh, I would like to also let you know that they would a lot of times fill in missing spaces before they buried anybody. So maybe you were missing teeth on your your front, your lower, and instead of going into the afterlife with missing teeth, you would go in with teeth that were put there so that you would go in with a full set of teeth. Interesting. Now the problem becomes, though, these teeth didn't just come out of thin air. They were taken from people who were alive. So... (laughs) You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They would take the, the teeth of slaves and put them in there. And then, of course, uh, you know, the, the high muckety mucks would go into the afterlife with a full set of teeth. And I'm assuming you need that to chew in the afterlife. I'm I'm not sure. You know, we could chew on this. We know that. But, <laughs> very know. nice. Very nice. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> and, and did you know that in Mesopotamia, do you remember Hammurabi, the code of Hammurabi? Oh, absolutely. So that's the code meaning uh, this was basically a set of laws where civilization would, would exist. And did you know that one of the codes, Law 200 specifically, states if anyone breaks the tooth of an equal, his tooth must also be broken. Ooh, the whole eye for an eye, and they, we even go tooth for tooth. That's huh? where tooth for tooth comes from. I never knew that. I always had heard eye for an eye, but it's true. It's tooth for tooth. <laughs> wow, that's pretty impressive. I was I was very impressed. So yes. Now one other thing, I just I love these. I could do these all day, just as a warning. 
<laughs> I'm in the time machine with you. Let's go. So, so let's go into uh, more of the, the medieval ages. Uh, did you know that uh, worms, that it was commonly thought that the cavities in your mouth actually were from worms? Did you know that? I did not know that. They actually believe that there were little worms in the teeth making uh, holes all throughout. Well, it makes sense because, you know, when you take a tooth, it's really in bad shape. It just looks like there's all sorts of holes through it. Uh, somebody theorized that it was worms, tooth worms, that infected the tooth and then ate the holes through the inside out. That's pretty disgusting, Kevin, that that was actually pretty accepted for a while. I I'm curious if somebody actually saw a tooth worm. You know, I mean, has, has did anybody see the toothworm or were they just magical toothworms here? I'm going to say it was magical toothworm because if they saw a worm, that's really even more disgusting. That That is. I mean, you know, the medieval times were not the whole, you know, Renaissance fairs that we go to today. I'm just telling you. But, uh, you know, toothworms. Yeah. Do, Interesting. Would you like to know how long people held that belief? I would love to hear Into this. Into the 1700s. Wow. <laughs> that's pretty common. Wow. Right? That's pretty common. Wow. So uh, there's even proof that the ancient Mayans were using gems, plant sap, and crushed bones to restore teeth. So even the Mayans were getting in on it. And some even consider them to be the masters of primitive cosmetic dentistry because they focused on decorating the teeth, not necessarily wow. correcting the teeth. And now we all know about the barbers, right? Are you familiar with oh, this? Oh, absolutely. Kind of mentioned it earlier. Thank, thanks to Saturday Night Live and Steve Martin in one of his finest roles ever with the barber. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we, it's a very disgusting thing to think about. But because they had all the sharp instruments, that's really who was doing all of the uh, the extractions. But there was a time where there were two types of barbers out there. I don't know if you knew this, but surgical barbers and lay barbers. Ooh, so, the, lay the lay barbers. So the lay barbers were actually told they could not do extractions. And who knew that there was such a split between barbers and lay barbers? I, it's fascinating stuff for me. <laughs> that is a culture war just way to explode, I'm telling <laughs> it you. It kind of reminds Absolutely. me of the four-year hygienist versus the two-year hygienist <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> so uh, I would also wow. like to remind you that cocaine was widely used as a tooth sedative. Did you know that? Absolutely, up until the 1990s uh, in Oklahoma in some places. Yes. So a lot of people don't. Yeah. yeah, so if you were in pain, it was not uncommon to be given a little bottle of uh, cocaine or cocaine juice or whatever. I don't know what it comes in. Okay. I don't know cocaine juice. <laughs> I, I love how you play this off. I don't know what it comes I in. Really so I really don't. you are. <laughs> I don't. I know people sniff it, but I don't know. So uh, that's what I hear. I, that's what I see anyway. So You obviously didn't see Cocaine Bear. I mean, obviously... Oh. Oh, I did yes. see cocaine bear. Oh, did you see cocaine bear? Okay. <laughs> oh, that's good. Let's not sidetrack, but we really should discuss cocaine bear at some time. And dear we'll listeners, you got to go see cocaine bear. <laughs> <laughs> it's up there with, if you enjoyed Sharknado, you will enjoy cocaine bear. So yes, there you go. <laughs> All right. What else do I have to tell you? I have so many yeah. things. You totally distracted me with cocaine bear. I know. I, I, I... <laughs> I can throw out a movie title sometimes and we go off on a tangent. So. Oh, dear God. Not a bad I thing. I so close to doing this. <laughs> I know. You know, you know I, I will tell you that my grandma used to tell me the stories of the dentist not only not wearing the gloves, but also doing the smoking uh, oh, there in the operatory. Really? You know, smoking while they oh, were yeah. treating them? Smo smoking, yeah. The ashes are you know just falling off while you're there in the chairs. Uh, 
true story. <laughs> so, now, now that was rural Oklahoma, but still, you know, there was there was plenty of talk about that whenever I first got into this business. Yes. Well, you know, rural areas, somebody's going to get real good at extracting teeth, so maybe you had even better level of care because they're just doing so many of them. I mean, it's the, the volume. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe the lay people could smoke while they were while they were doing their bit. You know, but <laughs> once you get that upper barbie, well. Then, and, you know, I don't want to forget the monks in the medieval ages or the middle ages. I totally forgot them. But oh. monks were actually the main dentists because they were thought to be very smart people. Uh, they would be the ones that were be, that were doing the, uh, the dentistry. And I also know that they were also doing a lot of regular medical care, like surgery and all of that, really just because they were wanting to be holy. They were given this gift. <laughs> Monks gave us beer, uh, you know, know kudos for that, Uh you know, so they were pretty wise on a lot of different things, honestly. So what about Queen Elizabeth I? Where does she come into all of this? Do tell. So she, you know, she had a real big problem with sugar. So she actually had a huge sweet tooth. And so she uh, actually had a lot of rot in her mouth. Like it was pretty bad. Uh, They actually uh, had made her uh, teeth black. Right. So it was actually in in vogue to have black teeth when you were interested. Yes. When you were uh, of a high society, it was not uncommon for for ladies to brush with charcoal and have black teeth because that was seen to be rich. Like you could afford the sugars and the pastry and the dishes. And I don't know how long that went, but she also had lost quite a few teeth. And so because of this. And so her dentists were always scrambling to replace her missing teeth. And so she was one of the ones that uh, were wearing partials before people really called it partials. So they were they were working on that. But uh, I guess no one really took her aside and said, maybe you ought to cut it out like these donuts and pastries and stuff. So the dentists were up for doing the partials, but they weren't up for the sugar conversation is what it boils down Yeah, I'm guessing they were a little bit more into the construction uh, rather than the the preventive care. So, uh, But then again, they probably were also thinking, hey, uh, those toothworms, there's nothing we can do about it. I mean, what can you do? You're eating donuts and here come the toothworms. (laughs) There's nothing. That's just all there's to (laughs) it. And uh, so let's let's go into uh, early America here. Paul Revere was a dentist, yes. right? And uh, also was. patriot of the 17th War of 1776. One of the first known cases of postmortem forensic dentistry. I think that's kind of an oxymoron, right? Postmortem forensic. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> confirms confirmed the death of his friend by identifying a bridge he had built for them. Look at that. So the friend must, yeah, he must have needed to be identified by the bridge. Yeah. So that's a, that, that's a problem on a lot of levels. Oh, yeah. that just depressed me. You're right. That's I'm probably sorry. what happened. So, well, you know, oh. but he's Paul Revere. So, you know, eventually he just got on his horse and rode around and he felt better. That, so there you fine. go. That's, that's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, in 1780, the mass production of the modern toothbrush began. The se- 1790, the first dental chair was built by uh, Josiah Flagg, a U.S. dentist. I guess they were using barber chairs or maybe just regular old chairs, but this dude built a chair that could recline in different uh, areas and also was equipped with this spinning foot wheel. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and for those of you who are have worked in an office, you know that the drill, it's rotary and there's a foot pedal to make it stop and go, but 
back in the day, you used to have to pump the hell out of something. <laughs> Absolutely. You would definitely get your steps in just by doing that. There's no doubt. <laughs> now, oral cancer. Lip cancer was spotted in 1795 when a U.S. dentist uh, reported seeing an increase in lip cancer in pipe smokers, Kevin. Interesting. Yes. 1795. Wow. Yeah. So, But they still kept going. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So didn't slow you down from that for sure. Now, this is going to be a little gross, but to me, it's actually pretty fascinating. Let's go over to the Battle of Waterloo. All right. Ooh, what? <laughs> 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 okay. 18, in 1815, the teeth from 50,000 soldiers killed in the Battle of Waterloo were extracted and used to make dentures that were then known as Waterloo teeth. So tons of ceramic, tons of dentures were then able to be provided to a lot of people in order so that they could continue to chew and people that never had dentures were given these. So somebody walking along the battlefield decided, why don't we take all these teeth? And somebody actually did it. That's a task you don't want to get. Don't I'm you just think that's that. a monumental undertaking? There's a lot going on with that. I mean, not only that, but then if you're the patient, they say, Hey, we got Waterloo teeth for you. you. Know what that means? Do you really want to put those things in there, knowing you're going to get haunted that night? Oh, I'm just telling. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think of the haunting. Oh, there'd be haunting. There would absolutely be haunting. For crying out loud! Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't even think of that. That's terrible. Like maybe they could they could do like a spell on the teeth, right? So I don't know. That's but that's fifty thousand soldiers. Fifty thousand soldiers and people went around just taking teeth out. I mean that's. That's pretty, first of all, for somebody to say, and this is actually pretty helpful, but somebody said all these teeth could be used to help so many people. And then yeah. you think about it like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he just said that. <laughs> You're like, that's really cool and weird at the same time. All right. <laughs> it's so, very cool. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just doing some math here in my head mm -hmm. and, and I'm not a math major by any stretch. 50,000 men who died. If each of them averaged 20 teeth, that's a million teeth you're talking about pulling. So I'm going to just say, if you take that back, so uh, distributed among France and England and you know surrounding European cities, or I'm sorry, countries, that's a lot of people who now can chew. So yeah. did did the rate of obesity go up? Like were people going to town? Like because now can they can eat? Because now you can consume more, a lot more food. You absolutely can. You may not be able to afford the sweets that Queen Elizabeth had, <laughs> but you can still chew some stuff. So. <laughs> That's boy, that's a really interesting little tidbit there. I like that. I one. thought that was pretty cool. So yeah. now I'm gonna take you over to Japan. And Let's I go. wish I had a little symbol like whoosh, because, you know, that would be <laughs> that would be funny. Uh in 1870, Japan, uh the women blackened their teeth, but for a totally different reason. It was a sign of marital fidelity. It had been practiced since the fourth century BC, and it actually helped protect these women. Uh, from getting a lot of cavities. They actually were known to have very strong teeth. So they blacken their teeth as a sign of marital fidelity. And I'm guessing that's just to make them completely unattractive to other people. <laughs> that's what, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, you see somebody, she smiles at you, you go, nope, I'm good. So, <laughs> I mean, now you're not looking for a ring, right? To see if they're off limits. You just wait for them to smile and you're like, whoa, whoa, Nelly. <laughs> Moving on. Or All do right. you go... It's kind of a gray, so maybe she's kind of into it, or is yeah, it, you know? You know <laughs> she's re she's recently married. It's just gray, so you know, <laughs> she's still testing out the waters. Still a chance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lordy, lordy. All right, so 
1905, let's go to Germany. Uh, he, uh, German uh, chemist Alfred Einhorn formulated the local anesthetic procaine, which was later marketed as Novocaine and then was uh, used commonly in dentistry. So to me, Alfred Einhorn is the hero of the day for sure, because thank God. <laughs> All right. Okay. I, I, I'm just going to say this. Uh -huh. Can you can you hear Einhorn without hearing Ace Ventura? No. Because Einhorn is Finkel. Anyway, that's just, sorry. That's all I could think of while you were just saying that. See, so. this is where we alienate people again. So, <laughs> what's an Ace Ventura? That's what somebody who's very young is uh, going to say. Isn't that terrible? And and, and and that's where I say you need to spend some time watching this. Yes. But anyway. <laughs> oh goodness all right so 1937 first implant vitalium dental uh dr alvin strock inserted his first implant the nylon toothbrush then in 1938 was uh was created and it replaced brushes with natural bristles from animal hair kevin people were always brushing their teeth with animal hair what do you think i i i'm not a fan <laughs> gotta be honest with you, you know <laughs> I mean, I, I think about how it is whenever we get like a dog hair in our mouth now, and let alone just sticking it in there with toothbrush. No, I'm good. You know, and, and part of me wants to go and investigate what type of hair. Like, was it boar hair? Was it goat hair? Ooh, and then, then yeah. I, then there's a little voice, thankfully, in the back of my mind that's like, "There's no need. There's no need to know this stuff. Just stop it, Teresa." So there will be some. There will be some time that you're gonna be like, and you're just gonna dive into it. I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, so go, coming in uh, a little bit more into the recent timeline, and then uh, I will stop torturing you with all my trivia. Uh, but uh, in 1975 in Germany, Articane is introduced as a standard for local anesthesia. Thank God for the Germans. And Absolutely. Then in Sweden, uh, Sweden. Dr. Brandemark, uh actually describes osseointegration and the, the guidelines around it and the laws Foundation of Modern Implantology, which actually I think is a huge, huge move forward so that people can Absolutely. get back to having good, good health. Cross-infection, cross-contamination, and uh, the risks of cross-infection were identified in early 20th century, but uh, it wasn't really until about the 80s and 90s that it was a big, big push. And Kevin, you know why. Do you remember why? Uh, that would be the AIDS epidemic. That would be the AIDS epidemic. So people really started yep. to take it seriously, which is really good. And then we get into a laser, first used to treat cavities in 1997. And see, I'm bringing it home here. In 20, 2002, the first Oral Health in America report of the Surgeon General was created. And then there's a whole bunch of other stuff that sounds so current, and it makes me yearn more for the times of toothworms and charcoal because now all this is so current and it just sounds so blah like i'm really fascinated by the fact that this history of ours included people really trying to fix teeth and really just utilizing what was around them and it's it's really interesting to me to you know you go to some of these companies out there and i'm just going to use ivaclar as an example because they're celebrating their 100th anniversary right now and they put out this pr film about with all this like footage of way back in the day and how they used to put together things like false teeth, how they put together all their, you know, uh, how they came up with CAD-CAM blocks. And it was really Amazing. fascinating to watch that moving forward and going, we have come so far as an industry. And it's just, it is fascinating, seriously. Well, uh, I, I totally forgot to mention that there was a very famous dentist. Uh, this was news to me. Would you know which Olympic athlete is a dentist? 
Ooh, do tell. So in 1972, Dr. Mark Spitz graduated oh, how about from Indiana, Indiana University School of Dentistry specializing in orthodontics and then became the first athlete to win seven gold medals in an Olympiad. Of course, he was the famous swimmer uh, that really took, I mean, took the TV by storm. I know my parents were watching him. and Absolutely. So we've had some famous people. I mean, George Washington was not a dentist, but of course was uh, an advocate of dentistry. We've had Paul Revere. Absolutely. We've had some pretty big names going all through, you know, that have, have a place in history. I mean, Hippocrates, for crying out loud. You know, if you're going to drop Hippocrates on me with dentistry, I mean, there's no coming back from that. Oh, so. I got more. Yeah. So hold on. I'm almost done yeah. here. So Hippocrates well, writes about tooth decay and theorizes that dental problems arise from a natural predisposition or inherited weakness. So he thought tooth pain and tooth decay were weaknesses interesting well it is interesting you know and and i mean i guess we are coming to the point now where we're learning all about you know dna that's passed down and things that we're predisposed to so well ahead of his time obviously absolutely and so uh the last thing i will say is uh in 1452 1541 time period they both got here leonardo da vinci uh, actually drew the the maxillary area, the maxilla. Uh, so I guess that's a claim to fame. I don't think that that really counts, but whatever. So Paracelsus yeah. was a, a Swiss um, chemist, uh, biologist, and he really blew up the whole pharmacology thing. So now there's a whole bunch of stuff that we know about because of Paracelsus's work. And uh, gutta percha is one of those that he came up with. And that is, of course, used in root canals. Now, your friend Tom Viola might have a lot more to say about that. He might. I'm going to have to ask Tom Viola next time I talk to him. I'm going to drop the whole, so I guess you know where Gutta Percha came from. You know, I'll <laughs> drop that to see, uh, see what he says about this. Yeah. You know what? I think you should challenge him to come up with a history of uh, dentistry and see if his is as comprehensive as what I just gave you. You know what? There is no way <laughs> that we can go all the way back to Mesopotamia, drop off in Japan, <laughs> zip over. I mean, you, you. You not only went through time, you went around the world. So impressive. All the <laughs> oh, uh, Lord. all levels. All right. So I'm just gonna yeah. I'm gonna land in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We're gonna go to uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yes. And in nice. nineteen forty five, and then we're gonna get the heck back to twenty twenty three. But nineteen forty five was the first city in the world to do what, Kevin? That would be Florida and oh, water. How did you know that's amazing? Because Grand Rapids, Michigan, baby. I'm a big Michigan fan. <laughs> go go Wolverines. I'm just telling you. You have proven you have proven your Michiganderous. <laughs> so, all of that. Are you tired? I'm tired. That was a big trip around the world and yeah. back in time. I, I feel like I need some more passport stamps than I've got all of a sudden. I'm just telling you that. So, <laughs> I was super excited. I totally geeked out with all this. So. You, you did well. You did well. So, I'm I'm going to mention one dentist that I know of that's in our history books. Okay. And that's that's our boy Doc Holiday. Oh, you know, big big fan of Doc Holliday. Please do Absolutely. explain. So he, well, well, you know, because I'm trying to think where he is actually buried. It's somewhere here in Colorado, if I remember. Is right. it okay? And, but I I visited the old grave. I think it's Glenwood Springs, Colorado. Okay. I visited Doc Holliday's grave. But yeah, that's why that's I, I did this. I'm trying to remember now because we did this when I was a dental products report. Did this the, the most famous dentists you never knew were dentists oh. and stuff like that. And so. So absolutely, Doc was on there. So there you so go. If there are any people on here who are, of course, much younger than us, and you've never seen Tombstone, oh, another one you need to invest some please, time in. Please go absolutely. watch that movie, and then Cocaine Bear. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you got cocaine bear, Ace Ventura, and Tombstone. Now that's a trifecta right there, I'm just telling you. And yet people <laughs> still continue to listen to us. We so appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, our numbers are dropping, but there are people out there which They're we appreciate. They're not dropping. It's just that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, when, when my mom stopped listening, you know, I mean, that, that cut our audience in half. So it God was God bless Ruth Ellen. She's such a fan. God bless. <laughs> fan, fangirl. <laughs> All right, Kayvon. Uh, so you're going to keep tracking that La Quinta story for us? I, I absolutely will. That's that's definitely one that I'm curious because, you know, one and, and on the serious side, uh-huh. I know the one thing that we see often is that when there's a downturn in the economy or suddenly the people can't afford the things normally that they could, more and more of these stories come up. I've seen a rash of them come out of Florida recently. Uh-huh. So uh, definitely something to keep an eye on, uh, you know, no matter where you live. Yeah, absolutely. No, when people are in pain, they seek out ways to take care of it. So absolutely, uh, that's what that's what sad part is. So, I mean, I don't know if this person was doing it to help or if they're doing it to make money. My guess is they were doing it to help because really having yeah. the amoxicillin there, that's an extra step you don't typically take. So, Great point. Absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, do it right, though, for crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Figure out some something along the way. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, dear listeners, Kevin and I always appreciate that you spend your time with us because I know sometimes it can be trying, but <laughs> but we do appreciate it. Next episode, we'll uh, we'll try to keep it in the states. What do you think? I, I, it won't happen, but we'll try. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> All right, thanks for tuning in. And that's a wrap for this episode of Chew on This. We hope you laughed and learned a little. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned, and don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. Feel free to drop us a comment on social media or by email if you have any suggestions for future topics. We'll be back in about two weeks. See you then.